after one. Joshua 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. The Word of God raised in Joshua 1, verse 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people. Unto land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord God, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Now, I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse 2. In the middle of the verse, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. And so just mark the phrase, arise, go over this Jordan. And that's what I want to talk about this evening. Arise, go over this Jordan. Obviously, God is talking about the Jordan River. When you study the book of Joshua, it is an encouraging book. And I like encouraging books. It's an encouraging book because it's very motivational. It's very practical because it doesn't take a PhD to understand the book. God wants you to understand this book of Joshua. It is about the conquest of God's people. Now, if you want to know the theme of the whole book of Joshua, it is found in what the Bible says in verse 11. It says at the last part of the verse, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And the literal theme of this entire book is possessing your possessions. Possessing your possessions. Now, there's something to understand when you're studying the Bible that is to have a good interpretation. Remember, we studied interpretation and application in the school of the Bible. What does that mean? How do you find what the Bible says and how do you apply it to your life? So we're going to look at the interpretation first and let's look at the application. The interpretation is 
God's people, Israel, God commanded them in this passage to go over the Jordan River, to literally go over a body of water into Canaan land and possess Canaan land. And that was a physical land that God had given the Jews to possess. Now we understand in the, in the story, we'll find out a little later on as messages will continue through the book of Joshua, you'll find out that they didn't do it exactly like God said. But that's not the point of the message this evening. God told them, go in to possess this land. He said, the Lord gave this land to you. And this is God's will for you to possess this land. But now let's look at the application. The application is this. The interpretation is God told Israel years ago, you go into this certain land, you possess it, it's your land, you go there. Well, Israel didn't do exactly what God said, but what is the application? The application is this. It doesn't matter... Throughout history, God has always had a people. Now, we're not Israel, so the church is not Israel. I want us to understand that this evening. We're not, we can't say that everything God did with Israel, He will do for you. But I want you to know this. The application is true, and there are some analogies, and there are some truths that we can draw out of this story that we can apply to our day. And so, just like God had a people who believed Him, and remember, every generation is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now remember that. Every generation. So you're saved by grace through faith. It's that simple. So they look forward, just like I would look to this back wall. You're looking at me right now. Just like I would look to this back wall. And I look forward to that clock. Now you're not supposed to be watching the clock while I speak. But um, I'm looking back to this clock straight ahead. I'm looking forward to that clock. Now, in order for you to look at that clock, you're going to have to turn around. And so if you were to turn around and look at that clock, you're looking behind. And so some people in time trusted Christ as their Savior, and they had to look forward to when Jesus was going to come. And some people in time had to turn and look back to when He's already came. But everyone gets saved the same way. Now, God's working with the children of Israel. And I want us to draw out some stories, but uh, some truths, but I want us to think about arise, go over this Jordan. Now, this was God's will for them. And I want to say that God's not telling us today to go over a body of water. But what God is saying to us today through His Word, through the application of this text, is that God has us to possess our possessions. Now, when I talk about possessions, the first thing your mind goes to is clothes and houses and lands and cars and that kind of thing. That's not the possessions God wants. We have spiritual possessions we need to possess. We have things that God has for us. For instance, if you're not what you ought to be in the scriptures, you ought to possess your possessions. That is something God has given you. He said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that's something you can possess. You can possess a greater walk with God through knowing what the Bible says. That's a great application of that text. If you say, well, I'm possessing my possessions, maybe you say, I'm not the proper witness that I ought to be. I need to increase in that level. I need to go and do what God wants me. I need to possess that area. I need to take an extra step toward what God has for me. I need to possess my possessions. Maybe you say, God wants me to possess a greater prayer life. I want to get a hold of God. And really, this book is about Christian victory. And the only way we can get victory is to realize what God says in His Word and simply obey that. He says, arise, go over this Jordan. Now, it's real simple. Let's think about this for a moment. Three things, and you've heard these before. 
You hear them all the time. First of all, it's the past. I'm going to tell you all my points so you get them before I preach, right? The past, the present, and the future. It's that simple. Past, present, future. So you remember, we need to arise and go over this Jordan. God has many things for us to possess in the Christian life so that we can be the Christians we ought to be. And we have to remember the past. We've got to remind ourselves of what we are in the present. And we need to see what God has for us in the future. So let's notice the past. Notice verse 1. He says, Now... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. So he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. The first thing we see here in the past is we see past servants of God. He says, now, after the death of Moses... Moses was probably, Moses or Elijah in the Old Testament were the two greatest leaders, I believe. But Moses, as far as being used more often, he, more scriptures written about Moses in the book of Exodus. God used him in a great way, although he had many faults. But he led this great nation of Israel. He led them through the Red Sea. He led them out of Egypt's bondage. You think about that great leader Moses, how God used him in a miraculous way to bring those plagues on Egypt and to do a great work with them. He took them all the way up to looking into the promised land, but never going into it. And then he died. God buried him in the sand. And you can read that story in the Old Testament. But Moses is dead. What a sad day when Moses died. And the people were mourning, I'm sure. But you had Joshua. And Joshua was the man who was to stand and now lead this entire nation. Think about the responsibility of this. He had a responsibility to lead all of these people. And remember, these weren't the, these weren't the, uh, the best of believers here. They were murmuring people in many ways, just like you and me. And he had to deal with this. But the people could possibly, most likely, compare the two because you have Moses and you have Joshua. And Moses they were used to, but not Joshua yet. Joshua's not the leader yet. And so Joshua had to be submitted to the Lord. Now, you know what the word Joshua means? This is a great thing. Jehovah is the Old Testament name. Actually, the Jews never used Jehovah. They used Yahweh, what we would say Yahweh. But they would actually just say Yah because there was actually no name to describe God's name in the Hebrew that they could even repeat because his name was so holy. But we say Yahweh, but the transliteration of that is Jehovah. So when we say Jehovah in the Bible, we are saying the name of the Lord. So you know what Joshua means? Joshua means Jehovah is our salvation. Jehovah is our salvation. And I want you to know the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. So every time the children of Israel saw Joshua as the leader, they were reminded, Joshua is not our salvation, but Jehovah is our salvation. Now think about that. The past, the past servants of the Lord. So it wasn't about Moses being their salvation because Moses never was their salvation. It wasn't about Joshua being their salvation. It was about Jehovah being their salvation. And you're going to have to think, what is God doing? You know, there are people that God used in history to influence my life. There are people that you would never even know their names. They aren't in the news. 
They aren't famous people, but God used them. I remember, I remember a grade five teacher, Mrs. Holt. Mrs. Holt taught me in grade five, and I was a terror in grade five. She taught me. You know what she taught me? She taught me discipline at a young age. You know why? Because I sat in detention. That's why. And she taught me. And you know what I wrote in detention? I was in a Christian school, and we had the 324 Club. You know what the 324 Club? Turn to hymn number 324 and write down that hymn for an hour. So I had to repeat it over and over and over. And I learned... The hymn, Yield Not to Temptation, for Yielding is Sin. And I would write that hymn down. And I learned from Mrs. Holt, you better listen to authority. I learned, I learned from a youth director who taught me the Word of God. And he wasn't a perfect person, but he taught me to have a burden to win souls because he showed me the first video of somebody actually out on the street giving gospel literature to people. And I got a burden to do that. I got such a burden to do that as when I was 15 years old, I was out so long on, on a day, Saturday afternoon, the police came and got me and took me back to my parents' house because they didn't know where I was. But I'm not blaming that guy. I shouldn't have been out by myself like that. But he encouraged me to be a witness. And I think of a pastor that I was called to preach under when I was 14, 13, 14 years old. And I heard, the, I heard him preach and I thought, if he's so passionate about that, I want to do that. And I am where I am today because of all those people. Now there's past, there are past servants of the Lord. Now notice what he says. He says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that... Uh, he spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying. So God is not just speaking to my youth pastor and my Christian school teachers and my parents. God is speaking to me. Now, remember, God spoke uh, in the Old Testament to these people directly because they didn't have the complete revelation of God. How does God speak to us today? Well, you have the Bible in your lap. God's speaking to you. He's telling you the story. He's telling you God's word here. He says uh, there are servants in the past. Notice what he says to Joshua in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. There's the realization. He realizes, look, Moses is not coming back, but I have something for you. So we have the past. Here, here's the second thing, the present. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead, in verse 2. Now, therefore, arise. You know where most people get, most people get where they'll look back and think about all these things God has done for them. But they never realize God has a plan for them now. God has a plan for you now. And he had the same plan that he had for the children of Israel when Moses had them was the same plan. They went through different circumstances. But God was leading them the whole way. And God didn't leave the children of Israel when they were in Egypt's bondage for 430 years. What makes you think he's going to leave them now? God is with them. But we need to realize God has a plan for us in the present too. Even though Moses is dead, the Bible says here, now therefore arise. I think it's very interesting. Many times we get so stuck on the past, we cannot arise and go over Jordan as we ought to go over Jordan because we're thinking our minds and our hearts are in the past. And God wants us to say, I know the past is great. God has something for me. God taught me by many different people. But I want you to know that I have a purpose for you for the future. This is what God is saying. God is saying, now I have something for you. 
If you learned yesterday that you something from God's Word, learn something today. If you learned that you ought to pray fervently yesterday, pray more fervently today. God has something for you now. And if you're not moving forward as a Christian, you're moving backward. There's no standstill in the Christian life. God wants us to move forward. And we're only going to move forward if we do it now. So many people are apathetic. What we need is non-apathetic Christians. We need action Christians. We need Christians who are very active for the Lord and saying, now I'm going to do something about it. Now, here's the third thing. Past, present, future. Now, verses 3 through 7 tells us that God told them to Take the possessions that they had. And here's how he said in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. Now people have taken this out of context. And they've said, you know, if God wants me to have a church building, I'm to take off my shoes and walk around the building and lay hands on the building. And hopefully God will give it to me. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the children of Israel were actually going to walk around that land literally. And God was going to give everywhere their foot touched he was going to give them that land now you can't claim that you can't walk somewhere and find a house for sale that you like and put your foot on around the property and God's going to give you that house that's not what God's saying but what the application is is this every step they took was a step blessed by God because they could take that and it doesn't matter what steps you take if you're stepping where God he didn't say we run by faith he said we walk by faith but we walk by faith and not by sight. You know how you walk? Another step. How did the children of Israel walk? They did the same thing. They had to believe God. God says about the future in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage for unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and the servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest God. And he said, Don't turn from the right or the left. Some people think, I'll do parts wrong. God says, You stay on the straight and narrow. The Bible is... I'll give you the things that I've told you that you God's word shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day, and thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good sixes ever mentioned in the Bible. The only time. You know what we talk about in Christian lands for God? And God says, no, that's foolishness. But instead of making the last thing our first priority, and he says, this book of the law... So thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. And you know what that verse is about? It's not a byproduct of you doing what God told you to do is you'll have anything to get success or else you'll turn to the right or you'll turn to the left are successful according to him. And then he says in verse, thou dismayed, nor be thou, neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee. Pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God, God going to give you tomorrow to possess. What's God going to give you next? Where are you going to be as a Christian? Well, you'll only be as far, far.